Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hey, Shyhearts, welcome back to episode 48 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're going to cover Chicago PD season 5, episode 17, entitled A Breaking Point. Episode 17, that's so crazy. I know, it. I didn't, like, when I was putting that in the outline today, I was like, how are we already at 17? Like, I know we're taking, like, a break again, but still, it's kind of crazy. Like, where has the season gone? It has gone so quickly. I know. I feel like it was just yesterday when we were like, oh, my God, the season can't hurry up and get here any faster. Like, I just need to know what happens, blah, blah, blah. blah. And now we're like, no, slow down. Time, slow down. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. As always, I am one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I am joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. Ashley, unfortunately, could not make it. We miss her so much. I know. Oh, Ashley. So much. Ashley, come back to us. We miss you. Baby, come back. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, we like to start off with the news. We had a lot of news this week, actually. A um, lot of news. Quite a bit, yeah. So we are gonna just gonna jump right in. So first bit of news, we got a we got a couple of deleted scenes, actually. Yeah, we did. And I'm not complaining because I love the deleted scenes because there's yeah. so many times that we're just like, what happened in this moment? I wish we had seen that. And this one is back from earlier in the season when Jay was in the thick of it with Camilla and just lying to everybody and yeah. not pretty. And so basically the deleted scene we got, it just the caption is, you know, Halstead tries to stay ahead of his lies to Voight. Bryna, have you seen this one? Yes. I, it's him talking in the like in Voight's office, right? I mean, just straight up lying to Voight the whole time about yeah, his situation about. with Camilla. Yeah, because yeah. doesn't he say something about how, like, it's basically about how he's lying about how he's sleeping with her. Ugh. Isn't that what it is? I mean, isn't that essentially the gist of it? Is, like, he tells Voight the whole situation about how he met her and all this stuff, and then he's like, oh, yeah, and Voight's like, you're not doing anything more than just, like, getting information from her, are you? And he's like, no. Of course not. <laughs> I'm not banging her behind the scenes. No, not at all. No. <laughs> Yeah, what sex? Ugh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just think it's interesting that because usually when we get deleted scenes, unless it's like in hiatus over the summer, usually we if we're getting a deleted scene, it's in, within the week that that ep since that episode aired, and this but this has been like months since that would have aired. Yeah, it's or, been a while. It's been like two months because that was like the first stuff back from break. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it's, like, two months after. Like, usually we don't get, like, a random deleted scene like that. So. No. We, but yeah, not we that I'm complaining. No. Like, no definitely no. not. I will take all of my deleted scenes however I can get them. Yeah. Especially after um, what we were talking about with Patty and his meet and greet about just kind of the editing process and kind of what gets left on the cutting room floor. I will take any deleted scene that I can get. For sure. I still, to this day, want to see the deleted scene when Atwater visited Burgess in the hospital in season two when she was shot. Oh, in season, you mean in season, oh, in season two when she was shot. I got yes. You. yes. Yes. 
yeah. forever will want to see that. Forever want that. Um, forever just want any kind of casual conversation that's like a Will and Jay scene that got cut on the that's like on the cutting room floor somewhere. Oh, the Linstead road trip that got cut that's on the cutting room floor somewhere. That never even got shot or written. No, I think it did they get tried shot. To... According to Sophia Bush, that got shot. Oh. Because huh. I think it made it into, because she was like, this was supposed to be in here and it's not. Ugh. But So my understanding was that it was shot. But either way, still need that somewhere. After the weekend we've had with all the Linstead feels, it just hurts. Like, oh it hurts. Oh my god. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we, um, so Gina started, I've been rewatching a lot of PD recently, um, even after, um, just because I started watching, I wanted to see the, um, call the ambulance Peterson scene that, um, Larissa talked about, um, in his meet and greet, and so then I've just been kind of watching ever since. Gina watched this big, what was it, USA Marathon yesterday, being Saturday? USA had a marathon on Saturday, which, yeah. like, thanks, I had stuff to do. Right, and but... so we were just, I had been in my feels for a while, and I'd been texting Gina about them, and then she started getting in her feels, and we are just having, like, a big Linstead, Nadia, we were talking about Verzek, we were just talking about all the things. Well, what about the whole, like, epiphany we had earlier in the week about Jesse's meet and greet, and then, like, it just put us all in our Linstead fields, and you were like, you're gonna make me cry, shut up. What was the epiphany from the meet and greet? I'm going back through our text now. So, in the meet and greet, Jesse had said that he felt like the whole wrapping up of season four was anticlimactic, and he wished that, you know, Jay had been able to help her leave. As in... Jay would have accepted their fate and let her leave. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the... That's just beautiful. Like, (laughs) he was going to propose, and then she was going to have to leave, and he was just going to be like, okay, whatever you need. Ugh. It hurts. It hurts. Uh, It hurts. Remind me if you want to feel more hurt. There's. I found a really good fic this weekend that I need to oh, send you. It just, I now have tell a lot me. of theories about what Aaron's been up to in Okay, New but York. tell me, what is this fan fiction about? Um, it's on Tumblr. It's a, like, post-423 like, thing. And so their first part, so there's, like, a J, like, all about what Jay's been up to. And then there's one about Aaron, like, a second chapter. It's technically a second, like, separate fic, but it's about what Aaron's been up to. And then there's, like, a reunion fic, which is still going on. Like, it's not complete. Um, which isn't that great. It's really just the two single sides that are really good. Oh my God, the Aaron side. There's this one part where obviously, because obviously she works for the FBI now, and Mouse comes in as like um, a witness to something, and so they use him or whatever, but Mouse doesn't know that Aaron's working for FBI, and Aaron isn't expecting it to be Mouse, and then they lean on each other because they both can't confront Jay about what happened because mouse says he's like oh i should have listened to jay when he told me not to go back it's just like hit me in my feels shit rip my heart out and stomp on it why don't you yeah i wasn't expecting mouse to show up in this fic but i was like oh but that would be so good like if mouse and aaron were secretly leaning on each other because they can't confront jay because they both left him when they really should have stayed and really should have listened to him and it was just like oh my god yeah fuck me up it yep (laughs) yeah so i was just after that and watching everything i've been watching i was just like fucking shit 
I miss Mouse. I miss Mouse. I miss Linsed. I know we always talk about how we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I feel good about Linsed. And then I just watch one scene and I'm like, well, shit. This is why they're number two on my top ten. Like. And if you didn't see our Twitter or any of our tweets that we sent out on Saturday, I mean. It's we on got our Facebook so, page, too. Yeah, it's on our Facebook page, too. We got so into our Linstead feels. It just. It was like all caps debating the merits of Linstead because just. So good. Oh, my God. It was so good. But it also hurt a lot. But it was so good. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. We need a whole episode where we just get drunk and talk about Linstead. Can we do that in the hiatus? Fuck yeah. I'm okay with that. Can we do what? Oh, can we do an episode about the ships? I mean, I know we talked about that in our, like, favorites, but I feel like we could go a lot further. Yeah. We should do that. I mean, we, we're going to have a lot of time in hiatus, so. We should do that. Yeah. We, we could get so that. drunk and talk about Linstead. It'd be so much fun. Oh, my God so 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 drunk <laughs> we should just record it when i come visit you in a few weeks and like it's super drunk and then just shelf it like, <laughs> yeah we should so funny <laughs> so fun. the next bit of news we got we got episode descriptions so we have one for fire and one for med i don't know why pd didn't get in on the party here but pd's the not there got- yet because pd's not airing in april remember oh true true so they don't have a need to Good put point. out episode descriptions Right. And I mean, we just, this is what we're thinking is happening is that they're not going to air in April. I don't think we ever got any like confirmation of that, but based on everything we've seen, it yeah. sounds there's like never we're been not going like, to get official any confirmation. Yeah. There's never been co- official confirmation, but this just kind of, I think, proves it further. Yeah. That yeah. we're not likely to get much. If we get any PD in April, it's going to be like a every other week kind of thing or something like yeah, there. No. Right, right. Because we also so, don't have finale dates. And I think once we get finale dates, then you can piece, like, when episodes are going to air. But we don't have finale dates, so. No, so. Uh, this episode of Fire that we got, this is called Put White on Me. And this is airing on April 5th. I couldn't even tell you what number episode this is. Probably, like, what, 618, 619, maybe? Mm, I could. Yeah, 618, maybe? I have no idea. sounds about right, but don't quote us on that. So the description for this one says, Bowden has a lapse in judgment in the aftermath of rescuing a young boy. Kid struggles to win the approval of Severide's mom after a surprise visit. And Otis takes on new responsibilities at the firehouse. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Yeah. Kid struggles to win the approval of Severide's mom. That's what I'm most excited for. Same, because Stella doesn't strike me as that type who's going to, like, seek approval. Exactly. I was just about to say, she doesn't really seem like, the, you know, she doesn't really give two fucks about what other people think of her. Um, so I think it's interesting that she cares so much that what Severide's mom thinks. I'm also just really excited to see Severide's mom and, like, meet her for the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I wonder how they're going to bring her in. Like, how are we going to meet her? Yeah, what is the surprise visit reason? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Lots, lots of interesting things there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, just, yeah. So the other episode description we got was for Chicago Med, and this is the episode airing on April 3rd. Yeah. Um, couldn't tell you what number this is. No, I just Probably 15 or 16, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, so 
Brino, do you want to take us through this one? Yeah. So after a baby is abducted from med, Goodwin enlists the help of Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese to find the suspect. Due to the lockdown, Dr. Rhodes must find a figure out a way to get into the operating room to help perform open-heart surgery. And Dr. Manning and Dr. Halstead disagree on the right treatment for a patient. A.K.A. this episode is all about how med is the most unsafe hospital in the U.S. For real, though! Like, <laughs> like a baby's abducted from med. Okay, casual. At least it's not getting bombed this time? Mm, but, yeah. Literally the most unsafe hospital in the world. Yeah. Also, Manning and Halstead are disagreeing, because what else is new? I feel like I'm not ready for them to have a Problems. fight like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready, because they just, like... The writers put us right where they want us, and they're like, okay, great. Now that we've, like, buttered everyone up and they're all aboard the Manstead train, now we're going to break their hearts. Yeah. I mean, as long as Jay doesn't come back into the picture, I'm okay with them being apart. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've gotten so used to them being so sweet together and, like, balancing each other out that seeing them argue is just going to kind of suck. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to suck. I think they're a big reason of why I've been such a big fan of med this season and so i think seeing them fight is gonna like you said it's gonna hurt but i think if it's well done which i'm sure it will be um i think it can lead to some really interesting stories so i'm excited to see how it goes i just want them to stay together don't go all berzik on us and oh like God. split and then forget about each other <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Verzik, I just, just a little off topic, but I just got to the point in my rewatch where they break up, and I'm now just starting to realize, like, holy shit, they've never actually gotten back together. Like, Yeah, it hurts like hell, doesn't it? Like, what the hell? Like, how has it been, what, two and a half years? Ugh. No, two years, because that's the middle of season three, and we're in the middle of season five, so, like, two years. It hurts just to hear you say that. But that's kind of insane. It like, usually insane. it takes a season at most for a couple to get back together. We're now on two, going on two and a half. It's insane. It's insane. So crazy. But anyway. Ugh. So another bit of news that we got, we got some promo pictures. You know how they always release just different still shots from episodes before they air. So we have one from Chicago Fire. This is season six, episode 16, entitled The One That Matters Most. And this is the second part of the two-hour movie that will air this coming Thursday. Yes. And Double-checking, but yes. Yes, 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 definitely. All of these promo photos are emotional as fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're... I'm looking at them again right now because I'd like to torture myself. Um, Wait, no, Gina, this isn't the second half. It's not? No, it's the one for the week after. We've already gotten the ones for the second half. This is for the week after. So is this 616 or 617? 616. 614 and 615 are the movie event. Okay. This is now where 616, so I'm reading it right now because it's got the thing on it. So 616 is where Damon comes in for the first time. Um, Rugged man's man. <laughs> yeah. Also, it looks like from one of these promo pictures, Gary Cole, um, who plays our favorite Chief Grissom, um, is getting in on an action. Like, he's on the ladder with Severide, like, 
doing some saving lives. So I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It also looks like from whoever gets shot in the two-hour movie, which, I mean, if you haven't figured it out by now... These pictures also spoil it. If you've seen the pictures, you know who it's not. Yeah, so it looks like whoever was shot in the two-hour movie, which we have figured it out, we know, but, I mean, should we just say it? Yeah, it's Otis. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah, Spoiler alert, it's Otis. It looks like Otis is still in the hospital, like, two episodes later. Well, this would be one episode later. If we're, yeah, if we're considering the two-hour movie one episode, yes. Yeah. Um, But you also, from these pictures, you can tell because Kid, which is the only other person that could be, have gotten, been the one to get shot, like, she's in her normal outfit, like, standing next to Casey at the hospital, and then she's on the scene in whatever they're this week's cases um or rescue is so like it's clear that it's otis oh it's gonna hurt so bad it's gonna hurt i'm not ready for this no i'm really not ready for this either yeah so those are the promo photos for fire we also got promo photos for this week's chicago pd season five episode 18 entitled ghosts and this is the episode when upton kind of re-ups an undercover identity yeah. And there's nothing too juicy there. I think there's just a couple of photos where she's talking with, with Titus Welliver, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just kind of like giving him a look. And it's going to be a good episode, though. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see Upton go too far and Jay have to reel her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll. It's time that it that the dynamic has flipped. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be good. So we also got, let me see here, we, oh, okay, so this is an interesting little bit of news, because we're getting into that time of year where new pilots start to come up, and we find out what's been picked up, what hasn't been picked up, who's cast in what, and all of that stuff. So this one came from Deadline this week. So there's a new show entitled The Code, and it's going to be on CBS, and ordinarily we'd be like, a new pilot, whatever, no big deal. However, it came down and it says, Anna Wood and Otto Essendo to star in CBS drama pilot. Just in case you don't know, Otto Essendo is Dr. Latham on Med. Dun, dun, dun. So what does this mean? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I, know. I think it's really hard, too, because... It's not like he, A, he's not a main character, so if they easily could have, you know, they could easily write him next season if this were to get picked up and he was to continue being on this episode, or on that show, like, they could easily just be like, oh yeah, Dr. Latham, like, they could write one line and, like, wrap up his storyline in just one line. So, like, they can't change the storyline around this, like, C-level character, but, like, Latham is the reason that Dr. Becker is here. You know, he's a mentor to Rhodes. And, like, we can't just have Latham die or leave because then that's two mentors that Rhodes has lost. Like, it just, yeah, it yeah. brings up a lot of interesting points because he's so central to Becker's character and to Rhodes especially. And I'm also just, I don't want to see Latham go anywhere because I'm not done with hearing about 
his Judaism. Like, that's something I want to see more of, but we're never going to get it, really, because he's a C character, but... I remember when he, like, started this season and he was still in this season that I said I was so happy they kept him around. Yeah. And I, like, I, I hope they still find a way to make him recur because I really love Latham. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I think that's hard when um, it's on different networks. Yeah. So. Also true. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I really, fingers crossed that Latham sticks around because I really like him. Yeah, I do too. And I'd love to see him interact with others in the ED, not just Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of like, we've talked about this before. Like the reason Med irks me just a little bit is that like the the emergency department, you know, they interact in their space and then when Connor and Becker and Latham, like, aren't doing anything that is slightly even close to related to the emergency department, like, they interact in their own space. Like, we never see that crossover. Right. And that's why we rejoice when Connor's working in trauma. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I would love to see Latham crossover a little bit, but who knows? Right. Yeah. So, the next, or the, the next three pieces of news we got these are all about the two-hour chicago fire movie airing this week so two of these are about stellaride because this is apparently going to be a very big episode for stellaride mm-hmm. so first article is from hidden remote miranda ray mayo of course plays stella she talks about stella and severide in chicago fire season six the funniest thing about this interview is that at one point they ask her, they're like, so what was going through Stella's mind when she had to pull Severide out of the out of the river? And she's just kind of taking them through this and she's like, please don't be dead. Did anybody see how he landed? How long was he underwater? Please don't be dead. And then she goes, God, we would have had such cute kids. <laughs> God, I love her. I know. I love her so much. And that's just so perfect. Yeah. I I love that part. There's also a couple things that I thought were interesting. So, like, they asked her about, obviously, that Stella's had a lot of screen time this season, you know, between the issues with Hope and then this, like, Zach, Severide, Stella, like, love triangle storyline. And so she's, like, you know, obviously getting to work with Eloise and Daniel were great, blah, 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 all that stuff. She was like, I enjoyed them both so much. Like, I don't think I could pick a favorite. Um, And she's like, honestly, I hope the show brings back both their characters. No to the hope, I'd be okay with Zach coming back. But no to hope. Yeah, no to hope, but Hazmat Zach can come back, yeah. If anything, Hazmat Zach can just, like, sit in the corner so we can just look at him. Yeah. Did you see on – oh, because you're the one that sent it to me about that theory that someone had throwing around during Derek's thing about Zach actually being Renee's sister or them being, like, brother-sister. And I was like, holy crap, that would be great. I would be so That was genius. That's genius. Um, But yeah, I think that was the only other, yeah. Oh, and then they had something about, they're like, what's a storyline you would love for the Raiders to, like, create for you moving forward? And she said, she's like, I really want to know us to learn more about how kids' parents died. Did we ever know that? I don't think we knew that. Apparently, well, currently, kids' parents are dead. (laughs) And she's like, I want her to be mixed like me, which I agree. Um. You know, especially because they kind of abandoned that whole thing. And she talks about it, like, how they kind of abandoned it with Mills back in season three. Um, so, 
Yeah. But apparently kids' parents, parents are, dead. are dead. Both of them. That's not canon, is it? I don't think it is. She says we learned that. Huh. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I have to go if back and try to happen to know it. where Stella says this, please tell us. Yeah, point us to that. Lines. I didn't remember that, but point us to it if you know. Yeah, interesting. Now I have a lot huh. of theories going to my head. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the last article is from TV Guide, and this is one of those articles that just makes us facepalm because, like, I hate when they put out these articles with crazy-ass headlines just to get a rise out of the fandom. Yeah. So the title of this one is, Is Chicago Fire Staging a Major Death? (laughs) Well, I think it's funny because, so it was posted in, obviously, the Chai Hearts fandom group on Facebook, but also the um, Chicago Heroes event fan group that's on Facebook. And I can't remember which group it was, but people then started throwing out all these theories about how they really want Denny on PD to die. And I was like, and I wanted to be like, well, yes, I want, maybe I want him dead, but like, this is PD and that's fire. They're talking about fire. Like, can't happen, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, not what we're talking <laughs> like, about, but okay. There's like some crazy crossover and Woods ends up dying on fire. Like Woods ends up dying in a fire, which is why <laughs> fire has to come rescue him and yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, only thing that I can take out of this is, like, if you heard us just speak about the promo photos for 616, like, just now, that's – no. Yeah. No. Just, no. Like, stop with your clickbait headlines, TV Guide. We see you. They're the one that did the pregnancy thing, too, I think. Like, when that was first announced. Like, they, that was them. Like, there are. We see you, TV Guide. We see you. We're paying yeah. attention. We're reading your mentions. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you? I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but like, we see you. That's really what I'm trying to say. We see you. Yeah. So, we call clickbait, TV Guide. Goodness. Mm-hmm. So, the last bit we got is pretty much like hot off the press because this happened on Sunday morning. Um, yeah. As you know, Derek always does his seven questions on Wednesdays and Sundays. And so today, I think he still did his seven questions. Yeah, he did. Today being Sunday, the day we record, he also tweeted out a thread talking about a storyline that was cut from the two-hour movie. No, from the crossover. From the crossover. I'm confusing the crossover and the two-hour movie. Because they're both two hours. No, this... Because they're both two hours. Yeah, so he... This is about... I can read it. I have the whole thread up. But this is about the deleted storyline. Because in the crossover, in the fire part of the crossover, there was supposed to be a storyline about Connie and Herman having two birthday parties at the firehouse at the same time. And so this is the thread. Um... So Derek says, when we set out to do the two-part Chicago PD and Chicago Fire crossover, because of production schedules, we realized it would be our episode 13, but their episode 16. That meant we would have to write and shoot the second half of the crossover before PD wrote and shot the second, the, the first half. Um, Gwen Segan and I came up with a big beat to the story, but the specifics would come later. I wrote the fire half with Andrea and... Gilvery, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Um, and then he said, as our viewers know, we often have a comedic storyline going. When I was a young adult, I went to a birthday party at the firehouse in a kind of ironic, aren't we so cool and clever having an adult birthday party at a firehouse kind of way. I thought it would make for a funny storyline. 
I wrote it into the second half of the crossover and we shot it. I love the way it turned out. But when we ran with it in the first half of the crossover, it seemed way out of place. A case working on the page and not work a case of working on the page and not working in post. So we cut it. But thanks to the power of the internet, here it is. So they show it on you know, it's on Twitter and stuff. Um, he said, side note, the extra space allowed me to rate the scene where Upton and Burgess take down George Lear. That wasn't in our original pass. So this storyline dying got Maureen and Tracy into our half, and that's a trade-up. The end, let me know if you what you think of the deleted scenes. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I just think it's interesting how, like, you know, that's a little insider information into how the crossover came to be, and I think... I'd love to know, and this is something we should jot down for whenever we talk to Derek again, um, just, like, about – and just, like, in writing in general, like, when the crossovers happen, like, because they're so spread out this time, like, with Fire being, like, three episodes back when this crossover happens, like, I wonder if that's the way it's always been or if it's always been, you know, when they shoot crossovers normally, like, they shoot the first half for whichever show it's happening on first, and then they shoot the second half, like, would it – so I just, I don't know, I'm just curious to see if this was so different from the way they've normally shot crossovers or just, yeah, so. Yeah, very interesting. And I mean, this turned out to be a win-win because yes, they did cut the storyline, but it got Upton and Burgess that badass takedown. Yeah. And we still got to see the storyline. Right, right. Yeah, So it's just, it's yeah. yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's cool, I think it's I mean, obviously, they know they're not going to not put in something that they don't think is working. But I think it's – I'm glad that they noted that up front and they had time to go back and shoot another scene, like, write a whole entire part into that storyline. Like, yeah. It's just interesting because that ended up being one of my favorite parts of the crossover. And it's kind of interesting to think about that, like, that almost didn't happen. Well, and plus, I mean, if you think about it, this fandom is so lucky – that we have a creator who is willing to be so transparent with us. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Did you see what he did? Was it Wednesday or Thursday with the seven questions? And he was like, normally you guys ask me seven questions. So, like, I'm asking you, you know. And then he had a list of questions and, like, people were sending in stuff. Like, I sent in mine. I just think that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, Derek's the we're lucky. Yeah, we're lucky as a fandom to have Derek Haas as a creator and showrunner. We really are, though. We really are. Yeah, Derek's the greatest. And just how he, I mean, he he just offers such access to him that we can ask him questions and yeah. we can talk to him about different show-related things and he'll right. talk to us. And yeah, I mean, granted, half the time he's trolling about it in his seven questions, but like he still does give really good insider information um, on his yeah. Twitter. Granted, half the time he's trolling about it, so. But I don't know if we'd have it any other way, though. He's pretty no. funny when he no, trolls. No, we would not have it any other way, for sure. Yeah. So, just a reminder, you know, be grateful, because a lot of other showrunners would not be willing to give you as much access. Well, so. and you would never We're get lucky. the deleted scenes. You would never, yeah. Like, you would just never get any knowledge of this, that this had been a thing. Yeah. So. So. We are lucky to have Derek, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's about it for the news. As always, if you see anything, send it to us. There's only, well, there's usually three of us. Ashley, we miss you. Come back. Come back. I know. We miss you so much. Um, There's usually three of us, but 
you know. We're still, um, whether there's three of us on an actual episode, there is always three of us in our group text, which happens like 20 hours out of the 24 in a day. So like, <laughs> yeah. there is always three of us, just maybe not in an episode. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> 20 still, hours like, of the day. We still talk all the time. Whether, all the time. Yeah, whether we are on an episode together or not. So, yeah. So, always send us news. You can tweet it to us, DM it to us, email it to us. However, if you see an article, send it to us, please. So, trying to think of what else is going on. Um, should I mention the patty lookalike from I was today? just about to say, yeah, this is the perfect time before we get into the episode. Talk about the patty lookalike. All right, y'all. So, uh, again, it's Sunday night when we record this, and you hear it on Monday. But as we all know, Gina's a soccer fan, right? So they're, the team that my team played today has a Patty slash Ruzik lookalike. Yeah. I'm not kidding. No, and you're I, not. I felt like this for like years. And the only reason I bring this up is because my friend Becca, I had sent her a picture of him last season. And I was like, this guy is a Ruzik lookalike. And she was like, you're insane. So I'm going to post this guy's picture on our Twitter. But if you miss it. Google Chad Marshall. That is his name. Chad Marshall. He plays for Seattle. He is an Adam Ruzik lookalike. Now I'm going to Google him because I only looked at the two pictures you sent. And the first one, he definitely did not. The second one was like, might as well been Patty's twin. Right? Like, I feel like with facial hair, he is dead on. Without facial hair, maybe not so much. But with, oh my God. Are you Googling him now? Yeah, I am. Definitely with facial hair agree yeah it's definitely the facial hair and the angle not okay so not as much from the from the front but his profile (laughs) it's the profile with the facial hair it's not from the front i wish i had remembered this two weeks ago when we were in chicago (laughs) yeah you could have brought it up to patty that would have been great i could have so funny but just the like from the back especially when like because this guy's a defender the one that the the the, the look like from the back especially when he's like running i'm like oh my god it's Ruth. wait gina did you watch okay not last season dancing with the stars you did like the rashad season didn't you no that's the one i didn't watch that closely but who are you talking about Do you know who david ross is the baseball, the baseball player guy? from yeah and he was paired with Lindsay. yes this yeah. guy is a combination of David Ross and Patrick Pfluger. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, just looking at it, I'm like, holy shit. And the only reason we bring this up is because, A, I put it in the group text today. I was like, holy shit, I forgot we're playing this team today. And, B, I need y'all's input because one of my friends says that I'm crazy and he looks nothing like him. So He looks like a Patrick holy shit my mind yeah if you get the chance go online and google chad marshall he's a soccer player he looks i feel like he is like a patty adam lookalike yeah it it is a combination of david ross and patty holy shit my mind is blown yeah so good times (laughs) good times i got a good laugh out of that at the soccer game today so whatever okay so (laughs) i think now is we can jump into the episode what do you think yeah, let's do it. Especially to talk about that B storyline. Like, the case... Okay. Since we're moving on to talk about the episode, not a big fan of the case in general, although it did have some funny moments, but, like, the case was kind of dry. That B storyline, though. 
I can't yeah, even. This is an instance of the B storyline being like infinitely more interesting than the case. Yeah. I mean, the case was interesting, but the B story. The B story, though. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I feel like we should just like fly through the case because. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Yeah, let's fly through the case. Okay, so. Episode begins, it's like snowing, crazy amounts of snow, whatever, and we've got a dead alderman. Woohoo! I really thought so, it was going to be, um, fuck, what is his name? Wendell, the, Wendell Pierce's character? Yeah, what is his name? Oh my god, why am I blanking right now? Shit, what is his name? <laughs> Shit, what is, I'm looking this up. Um, I thought for a second it was going to be him, because we haven't seen him in like, 10 episodes or something crazy like that um but who knows you're gonna tell us this name and we're gonna be like of course i know hold on oh my god what is his name (laughs) alderman ray price of course (laughs) (laughs) yeah face palm how did we not remember that okay so yes you thought it was going to be him? I thought it. I mean, there was a chance. Like, we haven't seen him in a while. Like, you technically didn't have to show his face. Like, you could have had, like, a blanket over his body and be- then be like, oh, this is Alderman Ray Price. I want to know what these shows have against Alderman. Yeah. There's some things that happen to the Alderman in these shows. Especially PD. Like, pr- yeah. Price is a dick. Casey couldn't cut it because he was too nice, and all of the aldermen that Casey dealt with were assholes. Well, and then you think about in PD, Alderman Bex um, had his daughter kidnapped. Yeah, that too. That was a whole storyline that happened. Um, yeah. What does this universe have against the aldermen? Shit. I don't know. But I also always wonder when these aldermen pop up, I'm like, you think they knew Casey? Probably. Right. Especially since, like, PD is in the same district that fireworks. Like, it's gotta ha- It's gotta be. PD's on the same block. Yeah, I think about that every time we see the fire, or the police station. Right? <laughs> it's literally the same block, people! It's literally the same block. It's kind of insane. It is. We literally walked to the 21st from the 51st. Yes, we did. So funny. Anyway... So, yeah, dead alderman, he was shot in the head. Uh, I think they found him at, like, 2 in the morning or something. Basically, he had spent the whole night drinking with some banker guy. Mm, Yeah. Nothing about this sounds sketchy at all. Nope. Not at all. A banker guy that doesn't care the next day that his friend was dead. Yeah. Right. So, Burgess and Voight, they meet with the dead alderman's wife and son. Talk about not caring. The wife was awfully pulled together and, like, totally stoic about the fact that her, her husband had There were murdered, no like, tears. None. None. Yeah. Not from the son. Not from the wife. Nope. No tears. Which, like, I found a little suspicious. I mean, yeah. I get upset and cry over fictional characters' deaths. So, like, <laughs> I can only imagine what I really am going to be like in real life when someone important passes. Like man yeah so you know so basically we get background here that the dead alderman burton i think is his name yeah i just put him in the outline as dead alderman i'm terrible so we find out that burton had passed an ordinance the prior year that gave developers in blighted areas an exemption from property taxes for five years 
that's a long time. Yeah, I'm not surprised he made enemies. No, and so he had a lot of people in the ward that hated him. So, yep. Burgess and Antonio meet with the medical examiner, and this is the medical examiner that last year was like, Burgess, weren't you engaged to that nice boy, Ruzik? What happened with that? Like, awkward. <laughs> um, they find out that he was sniped from far away, so it was like a sniper shot. But it doesn't add up because he was robbed, too. So they're like, the fuck? This is weird. Yeah. So they weird. find a foreign fiber of some sorts on Burton and they run DNA and they get a resident of Burton's ward who has a prior charge for assault. And this is when, so Berzik and Atwater, they go to brown this guy up and there's like a smooth jazz jam sesh going on in this guy's bathroom. For real. Yeah, I don't even know like how, how better to describe that, but they like, they bust into this guy's apartment. They're like, Chicago PD, like long guns, all that shit. Burgess busts into the bathroom, and this poor guy is, like, in the zone with his saxophone, <laughs> having a full-on jam session. And he's like, he's like Yeah, he's like, was I too loud, officer? <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my God. This. I hate when I'm just trying to get my jazz on, and Burgess <laughs> comes and interrupts. Like, shit. <laughs> yeah, this guy was the greatest thing I've ever seen on PD. In terms of, like, an informant or a person they've captured. He was so good. He was so funny. So this guy's name is Darius. And so they bring him back to the district and they interrogate him. And it's actually pretty funny. It's really Uh, funny. Bryna, do you want to take us through this? I know you got a good laugh out of this. Oh, my God. I got such a good laugh out of it. Yeah. So he just has, like, a whole bunch of things. And they're going back and forth about whether he actually robbed the guy. Um, And they're, like, he's not really giving them the answers that they want. And so Antonio's like, well, did you steal his phone and his Rolex? And he's like... Of course I did. He was dead. Like, ain't like he needed to know what time it was. And he's like, I know at first he was like, he's like, well, did I? He's like, robbing the dead would be disrespectful. And then they're like, so did you steal his phone, his Rolex? And he's like, of course I did. He was dead. Ain't like he needed to know what time it was. And then the guy, and then Antonio's like, well, didn't you just say that would be disrespectful? He was like, yeah, I said robbing the dead is disrespectful. Doesn't mean I didn't do it. Like, this is really funny. Um, can Antonio and Burgess just make him like a CI and have him pop up in every episode? Cause that would be great. Also, I thought it was really funny that, um, so Taylor Mallory, who's the guy who apparently played him, um, was like reaching out to everyone on Twitter that was like talking about the scene and saying, you know, thank you for watching and all that stuff. And I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Did he reach out to you? Yeah, he did. He retweeted mine. And then he also like retweeted it with like a quote and was like, yeah, like something about like, it like always got to have humor in a scene or something like that. And he was like, thanks for watching. Um, like sign the guy who played Darius or whatever. And I was like, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And apparently he's like a musician in real life. I was creeping on him on Twitter a little bit. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was cool. I always think it's cool when like the actors who don't, you know, like are going to have a scene like this in an episode, in like an episode of a major show, like, you know, try to make themselves heard and, like, really take the time to thank fans for, or viewers for tuning in. Like, I think that's awesome. That is awesome. That is cool. Hi, Taylor, if you're out there. Yeah, I want to, like, tag him in the episode when we tweet about it, so. Totally, yeah. So, uh, Halstead finds an angry voicemail on Burton's phone, and it leads them to a man named Coleman Lewis. So... Coleman spills, like, all the tea. Did I just use that expression correctly about tea? Yeah. Okay, good. 
I'm old, remember? I gotta run this stuff by Bryna. So... Because... <laughs> <laughs> so, he basically tells Halstead and Upton that, you know, Burton's son was the lead developer on this project that involved tearing down a local blues bar. And Coleman was pissed about this because he was like, you know, so many great people have played here. It's legendary, blah, 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 whatever. And so Coleman also mentioned that he'd spotted the sun at a bar in town that also dubs as a gang hangout. Yep. And so when Voight goes to bring this up to the family, the, like, the wife goes crazy. Not like crazy, but she gets like really defensive really fast. Yeah, and she's like, my son ain't in no gang, like, like all, you know, just like all the typical things that, like, people who don't want to believe that loved ones are involved in gangs or anything bad, like, you know, try to defend him and all that stuff. But then, what happens? Yeah, then poor Arthur turns up dead. Yeah, on the sidewalk. From a single shot to the head. Like his father. Like his father. Like father, like son. Oof, oof, it's so bad, it's so bad. You know the other thing I noticed too about this family is that you notice how pretty much like Denny kind of had to be the gateway of communication between the family and Voight. Wait, say that again? So when we first meet the family, Denny's like, Denny has to introduce the family to Voight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when Voight asks Arthur about the gang connection... The wife's like, I'm beginning to think that you don't care about us, and maybe I should tell Denny. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, ooh, interesting. But I also, they had a comment at one point, like, somebody comes on the, like, up the stairs of the, in the bullpen, and some, they're like, oh, hey, it must be Platt. Platt's like, hey, you know, the wife's been on TV for, you know, 20 minutes, like, talking about how the cops need to do more and blah, 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 blah. So I think she just has a cop problem. But interesting that you mentioned that it's Denny. That she does all her communication with. Like, you can tell she is a pure politician's wife. Yes. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of odd. And, like, when he when she was like, maybe I should go to Denny Woods, I kind of, like, rolled my eyes. Because that's, like, when somebody's like, I need to speak to your supervisor. And you're just like, bitch, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, I found that interesting. But, yes, poor Arthur turns up dead. Um, and Voight suspects that it's all about the drugs at this point. And so... Yeah, because the gang hangout ends up being... Um, so they go to, like, the bar, and he's, like, found outside the bar or whatever. And it's, like, located on what they call... Fuck, like, the heroin highway or something like that. Um, yeah. Where, like, basically all the drug deals go down between the gangs and the people who sell it and all the white people that come and buy. They make the, you know, the important race distinction that it's the place where it gets sold to white people, which I think is interesting. So Voight talks to Burton's wife about this LLC that her husband and son formed, and they made several payments to somebody named Lincoln, who ever so conveniently does not exist. Dun, dun, dun. So Voight sees right through this, and Voight's like, okay, well, is it actually code for a gang? And If so, which one would it be? Yeah, and so she says it's the West Side Disciples. So Voight questions a guy named Lamar who runs the gang. Because of Voight, of course Voight knows every gang leader, you know, and can casually always get a meeting with them. Right? Of course he does. That's interesting that you bring that up. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Because Voight literally, you know, it's not like... 
oh, let's go find someone who knows that can get me in. No, Voight just literally has a meeting with a guy. Of course. Because he's Voight. Because he's Voight. Voight's probably got all the gang leaders, like, On in speed his dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, Lamar, and then in parentheses, like, West Side Disciples. And then, like, Maurice, and then, like, in parentheses, whatever gang he ran. Whatever happened to Maurice? We don't see him anymore. Whatever happened to all my cage scenes that I realized we still have yet to have one in season five. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, that you made a good find this week. I did I, that research. Yeah. I skimmed through every single episode of Chicago PD, and we have not had a single um, cage scene. I don't what own season four. Cage? I would have gone back to season four to see, like, when was the last time we had one, but I don't own season four. So, I, I own season four. I think we've, I think we saw the cage a couple times. I'm sure we did. I'm just curious now how long it's been because it literally has not happened in 17 episodes of Chicago PD. I miss the cage, right? And like you would think that with PD having gotten a lot darker, that it would just be used more. But the whole aspect of reform, I think, has put a damper on that. Yeah, but like, it's void. Like, he would find a way to use the cage. Like, he didn't care, really. No. And the only person he's taken to the silos this season is Adam. <laughs> yeah. One of his own. Yikes. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because we were having a conversation. I was like, wait, you know, they used to use the cage a lot. Like, when was the last time we saw it? And then I, like, Ashley was like, I think they maybe did it once. And I was like, let me go back and check. And I skimmed through every episode. And nope. Not at all in season five. You know, and like we haven't seen any Voight slaps. They've used, what I think is interesting is they used the interrogation rooms a lot. And they use the sec, that it's second interrogation room. That's like not the main one. You know what? There's like one that's like this, that's like vertical. And then there's one that's like right next to it. I don't know. It's hard to explain when you're not looking at it. But they they have a second one that they used a lot more. Right, there, uh, yeah, there's two, but they, yeah, they only use those, but there's cameras in there, so no, like, crazy stuff can happen. Right, but they've used the second one, I think, a lot more in replacing the cage. Um, Interesting. Because we never saw that, used to see that second interrogation room, and now we see it all the time, but we haven't seen the cage in a while. Surprised. Yeah. So, oh. things I've learned this week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Research. Yeah, research, Research. quote unquote. (laughs) Do you want to take it from here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so Voight has this uh, meeting with Lamar who runs the West Side Disciples, and he's like, I don't know anything what you're talking about. Like, you know, and that's about all that meeting is. But, yeah, basically Lamar's just like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Um, So we're back in the bullpen, and so Darius had seen a blue car um, leaving the scene, um, when he robbed the dead alderman. Um, and so back in the bullpen, the team finally tracks down the blue car and its owner. Um, and the owner is a guy named Keon Walters. So basically, they try to arrest him, but he starts the high-speed chase instead. Is this when Halstead drives the pickup truck through the snow? Yes. Badass. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's a it great so scene. Good. And I love how Jesse's like, yeah, I did all these stunts. I was like, part of me believes that, part of me doesn't, but... If you say you did, Jesse, I'm inclined to believe you. Whatever you say, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, but they end up, like, obviously stopping him and arresting him. 
Um, he also mysteriously had the AR-15 that was used in both murders in his car, in the trunk of his car. But he still doesn't really know where that came from or how it got in there or what it was used for and how, why, what murders, like what? Of course he doesn't. Um, so anyway, so Boy ends up talking to him and whatever. He can't really get anything out of him. And then it flashes over to Med. Um, and Burgess and Atwater go to talk to Keon's ex-girlfriend. And Keon's ex-girlfriend tells them that the connection may be Keon's cousin, who, of course, just so happens to conveniently be Lamar, you know, that shot caller for the West Side Disciples. Go figure. Um, so, you know, they talk to him about Lamar, and, you know, Keon's like, I don't know what you're talking I mean, like, he's like, yeah, Lamar's my cousin, but, like, don't really still know what you're talking about, whatever. And, you know, really denies anything, involvement, all that stuff, you know, the whole deal. Um, and so Voight decides to let Keon go in hopes that Keon will lead intelligence to his cousin. Um, and because, you know, Olinsky also casually planted a tracker in his coat so, like, they can follow him and see wherever he goes. Um and so, sure enough, Keon made a phone call that told everyone exactly where Lamar was. And, yeah, so they end up getting, snatching Lamar up and Keon again. Um, and intelligent try, you know, intelligence tries one more time to turn Keon um, over and make him confess. And this time they tell him that, you know, Lamar was pinning the murders on him and, you know, adding that Lamar was also making a move on his ex for good measure and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, but Keon's still not budging. But finally, Keon cracks when Olinsky mentions that he won't be able to get medicine for his sickle cell anemia in jail because it is a narcotic and they won't give you narcotics in jail. That is such a good way of connecting the A storyline with the B storyline because, like, they do mention, they go back and mention after this scene that, you know, it was his breaking point. Yeah. And so it's just such a good way of connecting the A and B stories. I agree. I mean, I rec- I recognize the that it was a connection and that they, you know, obviously use that phrase breaking point in both of them. But I just didn't really realize that, like, that was obviously the way they used to connect what was the different storylines. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and so Keon eventually cracks. He hits his breaking point, and he confesses. You know, Keon says he drove the getaway vehicle, and Lamar was the killer. And that's kind of how the storyline ends. Like, you don't ever see what happens to Lamar or really to Keon, um, but it just kind of ends with Keon admitting that he drove the vehicle, um, but Lamar was the killer. Yeah. I mean, the case was good, like we said, but it is a little dry, but, I mean, it's more so, I, I did like, I like the way that they blended it into the B story. I just don't, the B story, I just don't care. Like, I literally, I like, yeah, I don't care about the case. Like, the B storyline, and I understand that because this is a, you know, it's a procedural, like, they have to have a case. But, like, this would have been one of those episodes where it's, well, this is one of those episodes where it's so clear that the case is a filler that they just kind of have to have because the procedure, it's a procedural. Mm-hmm. Like, if this wasn't a procedural and they didn't necessarily have to have, like, cases every week, like, this case would never have existed. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's fine. Like, it wasn't a bad or anything. Like, I just didn't really care about the case. Like. 
No, I found myself multiple times being like, no, go back to the B story. I need to I need to hear more about well, that. And, yeah, and I was – like, it took me forever. It took me till this rewatch to, like – the rewatch I did today, like, it really took me until then to, like, understand what actually happened in this case. Because I was so yeah. invested in the B storyline that, like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't care about this. Like, yeah, it just, like, it took me forever to, like, be like, oh, so this is how this happens. Like, because I didn't care. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into this B story because, oh I mean, this is some crazy shit. Oh, my God, so much crazy shit. All of the crazy. So this is the this is basically what they highlighted in the promo. Um, so, you know, when Upton and Voight and everybody, when they show up at this crime scene in like the first scene of the episode, Woods and IAD also arrive at the crime scene. I think IAD is what? Internal Affairs Department? Is that what that stands for? Yeah, or Internal Affairs Division. But yeah, something like that. It's, it's got to, yeah. So the first thing we learned is that Brianna Woods actually survived, which is awesome it's awesome Um, i also wonder if she got to go back and be with her boyfriend but probably not oh good point yeah good point i don't oh yeah i wonder yeah because remember he was you know brianna wasn't gonna make it and he wanted to go see his girlfriend and denny was like no you can't do that man that's gonna be a real awkward explanation there like dad i'm back with jamal yeah that was his name right i think (laughs) think so but yeah i was like I don't know. I, I don't know why, but I was like way happier about this than I should have been because Brianna was just we've only met her in one episode and she was so minor. Yeah. I'm surprised they brought really it back happy. up again. Yeah, I'm really happy they didn't leave us hanging because that's something that they would do. Yeah. It's just not saying anything. So I'm really happy they didn't leave us hanging. And I think part of the reason I'm so happy she survived is because that, that like all of the children of detectives on this show seem die. to die. Except for Antonio's, yeah. but they get messed with anyway, so it doesn't really count. And maybe they get an exemption because they're younger. Well, I mean, Ava now is, like, about to be in college, so. Yeah, Eva's getting up Eva, there, yeah. I Ava. mean, Diego is still too little, though. I mean, but now he's, like, 13, probably. Hide your kids, Antonio. Hide them. Hide your kids. <laughs> hide your non-existent wives. <laughs> 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 that's funny clearly i got that reference <laughs> good i'm glad you got that reference um yeah i just think it's interesting and then allison had made a comment um you know she was like when denny what denny arrives in the murder scene you know i'm glad to hear brianna was alive and well but like soon enough after then you see the smug look on wood's faces you know i was already annoyed and then she's like who does this guy think he is coming to into our like our being like the fans show and being mean to, like, our beloved characters. Like, we all like a good villain from time to time. But I'm hoping to see some resolution on this one before the end of the season. Woods is just... I, they tried to make us like him in the last episode. And they did a good job of it. I know we talked about that at length. But, like, he's still such an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. Ugh. But, like, it's see, it's episodes like this. I'm like, fuck you, Denny. Right, right. So... Basically, IAD and Woods are like, we need to take Al. And everybody's like, the fuck? Well, Denny, like, and- plays it smug. He, like, he's like, I he, like, doesn't answer voice, like, well, what's going on? And Denny's, like, just walks away. Oh, ooh, that is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves. When you ask somebody a question and they either don't give you the answer to the question or they ignore you. Yeah. Like, like 
mm, oh, that makes me mad. So when he walked away with that smug smile, I was like, listen, jerk. Like, I'm happy Brianna's alive, but you are still an asshole. What? The biggest asshole ever. For real. For real. So we cut to the ivory tower and Al is sitting with IAD and basically they just cut to the chase. They found Al's DNA on Kevin Bingham's body. Kevin Bingham, of course, being the man who murdered Justin Voigt at the end of season three. And all you see is Al and he just says lawyer. And that's the teaser. That is just. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And just how he, that all he said was lawyer. That's like chilling. Like, I don't know. I found that very. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, obviously Al's not stupid. Like he knows what's up. Um, So I think it, you know, I'm glad that he just immediately like knew. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything without having a lawyer here. But also I was thinking, what does he say to a lawyer? Like Gina, as someone like who went to law school, like. What do you say to a lawyer in this instance when, like, the lawyer's like, okay, well, like, tell me what happened. Like, do you say, like, hey, yeah, I helped move the body, like, and I hit it up. Like, I mean, like, how do you explain that? Yeah, and this isn't quite my area. Right. Uh, But I would think, I mean, because you've obviously got attorney-client privilege. Right. So anything he tells him, as long as it's not going to put the lawyer in jeopardy. Not the lawyer, but I mean, there are certain categories where a lawyer would have to immediately report that or report something that a client told them. Really? And I don't, um, I, you know, I believe so. Again, this is not my area, so I'm a little rusty here, but he could tell the attorney everything. And it's probably best that he tells the attorney everything because if he goes to trial, you know, and if he goes to trial and he lies to his attorney, well, the other side might know the truth about something and lay it on him in right. court and catch his attorney way off guard. But then I feel like you almost have to go into, if you're Al, because of just the complicated history he has with Voight and all the things that he and Voight have done, like, you pretty much just have to go and talk about your entire career in the CPD and literally every single thing that you and Voight have ever done, your friendship just outside of the bullpen, inside the bullpen. Like, it's just so, like, I would love to have been a fly on that wall when he talks to his lawyer. Right. Uh, yeah, and we'll get into more specifics there because there's a scene with Voight now later on that I was like, what? Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I would imagine this attorney, whoever Al ends up going with, has to be somebody from Voight's social club, right? It's got to be somebody who, like, Ooh, this cool would have been Voight. a really interesting point for them to bring someone on justice yeah but who do you bring in no i don't know i don't remember but i don't don't remember anyone who actually was on justice but like i don't think we ever met any defense attorneys on justice is the thing you're gonna want a defense attorney because the da's are the ones who prosecute the crime yeah that's true it just went i I didn't watch justice so i don't remember any of the characters but like this would have been an interesting like let's bring someone back from justice like time but I mean, if Al goes to, say, Anna Valdez, Valdez is going to, like, chomp at the bit and try to arrest him right then and there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just, ooh, mm, ooh, crazy. So, Voight has Adam reach out to Woods, and it goes terribly. Um, yeah, and so Adam kind of confronts Woods, and not confronts him, but is like, hey, 
what's going on with Al? I'm still working off my case. Voight's worried this could be a really good way for me to kind of like work off the rest of this. And Woods is Woods just says he's like, don't ever talk to me again. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, so it didn't go well, but at least we got a shot of Ruzik and aviators. Yeah, I think that's the best part that came out of it. And Allison, you know, made a comment in her email to us about the episode. She was like, happy to see the Adam indebted to Boyd storyline come back. Will this play into the story again? Or should we just assume because of the evidence Woods has that Adam is off the hook of being the intelligent spy? If so, what would be Woods' incentive to keep Adam's sister for going to jail or for drunk driving? Hmm. But yeah, I am glad that you see the like Adam indebted to Void storyline come back. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of want to see that come to a head. I saw there were a lot of theories floating around on the internet this week that I was like, these are good. <laughs> I like these. Um, there was one I know a lot of people are, you know, wanting Berzik to get back together. Hi, I'm part of that as well. Me too. But somebody had mentioned this week that the only way it's going to happen is if Ruzik's basically got to get hurt because then Burgess is going to realize what he means to her. And somebody kind of put the idea out there Ooh, about, like, yeah. you know, if the if the Ruzik indebted to Voight storyline, like, came back and, like, reared its head and he got hurt that way, that would be a good way to kind of tie all that up. When I think it'd also be interesting, too, because, you know, everyone when we were in Chicago talked about this idea that, like, everyone, for the most part, is getting darker, and especially Burgess. And I wonder if Rusik getting hurt and, like, that supposedly supposed to be her wake-up call, like, if that would not only be a wake-up call to how she feels about Adam, but also just, like, how she's changed since joining the intelligent unit and just kind of this comment on, like, the whole, C- like, CPD as a show, or Chicago PD as a show being darker. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that could be really so, interesting. So, like, would... Would Ruzik getting hurt, like, pull her out of that darkness? Is that what you're saying? Well, not pull her out, but just even being like, whoa, like, maybe I need to take a step back. Like, maybe do I like this person that I'm becoming? Um, I think it could be a really interesting storyline, but. Yeah. Very interesting. So Adam relays all this information back to Voight, and Voight's like, okay, well, clearly Denny doesn't need you anymore, so this means that whatever he's got on Al is real. Um, also for Voight to be realizing this and he says it's so like calm I'm like bro if you know that what Denny has on him is real you know you're fucked too right yeah and I think in that point too like he's like well like it means whatever he's got on Linsky is real but like I probably still need to look into it because it's not until the episode that he's like yeah we're really fucked yeah crazy and so Voight and Al meet later and they're at this bar. And this is the part that made me go, what? Um, so Al's lawyer that he found wants a hundred grand retainer up front. What does that mean? I mean, I know he wants a hundred thousand dollars up front, but for what? So most most lawyers charge by they bill they basically bill by the hour. So they really good attorneys can charge up to like four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars an hour. They bill to for the hour? They bill by the hour, yeah. Damn. Have you ever heard billable hours? Yeah. Um, no wonder lawyers so, are rich. I mean, so he wants a hundred thousand retainer up front. So like, I've never heard of that in my life—a retainer that high. But also, like, Al must really know how screwed he is if he's going for a top-notch attorney like that. Yeah, cause he is screwed. Yeah. 
But I've like I've also I mean I've never heard of an attorney retainer that high. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I've never heard of one that high. And that even got me thinking today. I was like, that's borderline unrealistic. Unless you're like millionaire level yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. So I mean Well, with Void, I mean if Void turned him on to a lawyer, then I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a mob boss lawyer. I know. I just yeah, that that just kind of like he's really screwed if that's what he's going for. Like a real top notch attorney with a hundred thousand dollar retainer. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um so you know, that was one part of it. But then he asks Wait, he's like, you know, he needs help making the payment because, like, hello, who has $100 just lying around aside from Voight? Um, and so he asked Voight for the money, but then Voight reveals something interesting here. So he says that he put the money from his rainy day fund, in air quotes, he put that money into a trust fr- a trust fund. I've been drinking today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he put the money into a trust fund for his grandson the minute they dug up Kevin's body. Now, Brian, I don't know if you saw my text today, but... The minute he said that, I was like, hang on. Didn't we just go into the basement like an episode or two ago? I did see your text, but I didn't have time to go back and look. Did we go into the basement? What did we go in the basement for? Money. No, but like for what? I don't remember, but I I remember it was like, it was an episode where they needed money for something and I was watching with my mom and she was the first one to be like, time to go to the basement. And then oh, Boyd was like, yeah. go to my basement. I remember you talking I about that. Where that was like an episode or two ago. I don't think that was an episode or two ago, but it was definitely this season. But like they dug up Bingham's body oh. only a handful of episodes ago, right? Oh, I'd have to go back and like check the timeline. Yeah, I need to check that because I was like, hang on a second. I thought that was interesting. So yeah, so he put... He put the money into a trust for his grandson, which, like, is kind of smart because if there's a certain type of clause in that trust, it makes it – it protects the money from creditors. So that's smart on Void's part. But also – That's just – That grandson that we haven't seen since Justin was killed. Yeah, that grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Where – Little Daniel. Yeah. Where is Daniel and Olive? Like, where are they? Do we know any details about what happened? Olive moved away with him, and I can't remember where. But, like, they gotta come back and visit sometime, right? Like. I don't know. Boy, yeah, like, I, okay. I don't know. But, ugh, crazy. Okay, so, Brian, go ahead and you can take it from here. Okay, yeah. So, then Al gets brought into questioning again, this time by Denny. And so when, you know, Denny's all like, have you thought about your future, blah, 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 blah. And he informs Zelensky that a witness saw him and, quote, a young woman outside the construction site where Justin's killer's body was buried. Yo, I knew Lindsay had help. And I, like, <laughs> yeah. this, this drove me nuts because the minute he said that was, you know, a witness saw him and a young woman – I was like, how did we not piece it together that Al helped Aaron? Of course Al helped Aaron. Right. How did we not even think about that? I don't know. I'm sure somebody did, but we did not. Yeah. Like, of course Aaron didn't move that body all by herself. Because I remember when we were talking about this, like, we were so convinced that it was – or you and I – like, I was convinced that – like, we were like, was it – um. 
why can I not think of, oh, Jay. We were like, Jay wouldn't have done it. Like, Jay would not have gone through with this. Like, blah, blah, blah. We were just all talking about that and, like, never did we talk about Al. No, we were too I mean, busy Jay having, wouldn't have done right, it. Right, no, Jay would not have done it. But, like, we were too busy having that conversation on whether Aaron asked Jay to help her. We didn't even think about Al. I just can't believe we didn't think of that. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't either. Uh, of course Aaron had help, like facepalm. Yeah, I know. Just, um, so Woods clearly obviously wants to try and push Al to turn on Voight, but he doesn't bite. Um, and instead we see a little um, clip of Al ending up in Voight's office since now it does not just involve Al, but also Aaron. I'm also really in- intrigued and kind of surprised that they went there. Not that – they hadn't already mentioned Aaron this season, but, like, this is, like, a significant storyline that Aaron is involved in. And, like, obviously with Sophia Bush not being on the show, I'm just like, oh, well, now Aaron keeps getting brought up. And, like, it's kind of weird that we're not going to see her. Um, so just a little interesting. I wonder if, I mean, depending on how this resolves itself, how interesting would that be if Aaron had to leave her job with the FBI and then, like, she was just basically on the run for the rest of the series? yeah well because you know like Al at the end I mean we're I'll just finish this and because then this is like where he talks about Aaron again um so the episode ends with Voight going out into the cold and telling Alinsky that yes like obviously Al and Lindsay are like in big trouble uh because Voight has like confirmation that the witness that Denny's talking about is real um so then Alinsky points out this is where they talk about the breaking point again and Alinsky points out that Lindsay was Voight's own breaking point um and then when Voight's like well who's yours um to Al you know Al doesn't answer oh that scene when he was like well Aaron's your breaking point I was like he fucking went there yeah he did um but yeah so like all this talk is just kind of weird that like we're never gonna see Lindsay again and Al's like maybe I should call Lindsay and be like let's get our story straight and Void's like, mm, no, you shouldn't. Man, and th- what about that scene when they're interrogating the guy and they're talking about, like, don't fall on your sword for him and they just show Alinsky the whole time? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was an interesting question. Like, do you think that – do you think that Al would fall on his sword for Voight? Well, no, okay, Al would, but do you think Voight would fall on his sword for Al? No. I don't think he would either. No. Yeah. No. That is some but I think, up shit. I think it's also interesting. I think had you maybe asked in, like, if we had been dealing with this in, like, season one, season two, maybe. But I think just the intelligence unit has changed so much and the dynamics of just being a Chicago police officer have changed so much and everything in Voight's life has changed so much that... I don't think he would. That is, yeah, I don't, I but really I think don't think you, he would either. But, like, if you would ask, like, if this had been happening, like, end of season one, maybe. But a lot of shit's gone down since season one. So, like, now I don't think he would. That's crazy. And there was another question that somebody put out, I think, today on Twitter, just asking, like, what is Al's breaking point? Because, you know, Lexi's gone. Meredith is Michelle gone. Michelle is gone. We don't know where Meredith is. But, like, yeah. he and Meredith aren't together, so, like. 
unless Lexi dying brought them closer. We don't know. I mean, they never really touched on Meredith after Lexi died. Yeah, or Michelle. (laughs) That daughter that Al was like, yeah, I'm not going to let her not have a father. And, you know, I'm going to, that's why he broke up his marriage is to be a father to Michelle. And we haven't seen Michelle in like years. She went to Antonio's boxing gym and then disappeared (laughs) along with the boxing gym. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's another thing we were talking about that has disappeared from storylines. Yeah. It got, like, sucked up into a vortex or something. (laughs) We'll never know. Yeah. But, um, so, I don't know. I just think, but no, I do not think that Voight would fall on a sword for Al. But I think Al definitely would for Voight. I mean, I I think... I think Al's first instinct would be to fall on his sword for Hank, but I think now that he's realizing that Hank wouldn't do the same for him, yeah. now he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but So you put this question out on Twitter. Um, do you think Al should take the fall for Voight, or should Voight have to own up to what he did? We got so many responses on Yeah, this we didn't even so put them all in the outline. We just put... You know, just a couple of them, but we got a lot of good responses. But Brian, what do you think about this? Should Al take the fall, or do you think he should own up to it? <sighs> I don't know. I think Voight should have to own up to it, but then I just don't see how that's gonna happen, right? Like, because Voight's not going anywhere. Right. Like, they haven't moved. Like, they haven't given any... Like, I feel like if Voight was going to... Like, if Jason McGay was going to leave the show, um, like, they would obviously have started to shift things a little bit, and there's no indication of that. And so, like, right now, PD is all about Voight. Like, like it always has been. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't see how that can just go away. But, like... So, I think he should have to own up to what he did, but he's not going to. I just, and I mean, I'm trying to like weigh both of the options here, you know, of Void owning up to what he did and then going to jail. And then like, maybe it's just like for a little bit and like Antonio runs the unit for. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's kind of, I feel episodes. like if that's how it, it, if that's what happens and that's how it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? But the flip side of that is Al taking the fall for Void and being put away for, you know, Potentially the rest of his life. And then how, I mean, do you think, how do you go on rooting for a character knowing that he did that? Let, you know. I think that that brings up the question I asked you before we started recording. Do you think they're trying to write Elias off the show? It certainly looks that way. Yeah. Which is horrible. Yes. But we've hardly seen him all season. No, I know. And I kind of hate that. Because I think what they had done with Al was such a cool, you know, having this, like, new generation of cops, but then having Al being, you know, the guy who's so old school and, you know, had this history with Voight. And he was so well-written in the early seasons. And then literally in the last two seasons, like, we've barely seen anything of him. Yeah. Which also makes me worry that they're going to leave us with another terrible season finale where it's like... Is he leaving? Is he not leaving? Like, don't do that to us again. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, I think you could argue that maybe that's why we've seen the transitions out of him having partners. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Ruzik transitioned out of being his partner, which I really miss that partnership. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then Kim was his partner for a little bit last season, and that mm-hmm. got transitioned out, and now he doesn't have a partner. So if he went away, whether he goes to jail or leaves or whatever, however they're going to write him off, like, it could happen. But how do you go on rooting for a character like Voight knowing that oh, he like let Voight? his friend yeah. go to jail for a murder he didn't commit? But I think you could argue that he's done all these terrible things even prior to that. Like, you know, he almost let, even though he was protecting his family, you know, he did a lot of bad things way prior to this. And people still find a way to root for him. Man. So, I don't know. This is crazy. Yeah, but let's read a couple of these responses because I think they're interesting. Um, So, Allison says, she honestly doesn't think Voight would let Al go to jail for him. I know everyone has their own opinions on Voight, but while he always... While always on the run to cover his ass, he's pretty damn loyal to his unit. He gets a lot of tough love as a leader. Um, but when it comes down to it, he would do anything for any men, any of the members in intelligence. That is his family, and he knows when he has to intervene and take care of them. Interesting point. I, I mean, my gut says that Voight would let Al go to jail for him, but we also got another message, and I can't remember who this was from, I'm sorry, but somebody basically said that they think that the way Voight is acting in this episode is kind of a misdirect, and that, like, there's no way he would let Al go to jail for him. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I could see that, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, And then Aaron said... When has Voight owned up to anything he's done, LOL? And what kind of friend would Al be if he let him? And then she used the Linstead um, quote, that's why you back up. Ugh, my heart hurts. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thing. When has Voight ever owned up to anything he's done? It's true. It's true. And something really interesting that this episode did was, like, you could almost, like, see the actual wedge being wedged between Al and Voight in this episode. Yeah. Like, you could feel it. You could see it. It was just so brutal. And, like, there were just, like, you could see the cracks in the foundation and their friendship. It was just nuts. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, and then the last one, which I think is interesting, KG says, I say they pin it on Lindsay. Hot take alert. Hot take alert. Drop the mic, yo. <laughs> I am not a fan of pinning it on Lindsay. Well, they're also not going to pin it on Lindsay because Sophia Bush isn't on the show. I think if Sophia if Sophia Bush was still on the show, this would be a much... I mean, not that it's already not interesting, but, like, you'd have a lot more to go off of in that case. And then I think maybe they would pin it on Lindsay. So... We almost made it through this whole episode without me dropping a One Tree Hill reference, but sorry. <laughs> so when Brooke gets married, which, yes, okay, the, yeah, it's a Sophia Bush, like, all-around reference, but, like, deal with me. So when Brooke gets married and she mentions to Haley that Peyton couldn't come and she's, like, a Sawyer sick and she's, like, you know, she's always she was always saying people always leave and who thought it would be her dumbass, you know? Like, pinning this murder on Lindsay and then having Lindsay go down for the murder and like spend the rest of the series in jail would be just like that would be like the ultimate like shade throwing yeah it would of just like we took this character and threw her in jail haha so funny that's fucked up I mean I don't think they actually would have gone through with pinning it on Lindsay but I think there would have been some like 
maybe Aaron's like, I'm going to do this. And like, you know, Hank did all this for me. So I'm going to go down with him for this. And then like it ended up being fine. I don't think they actually would have gone through it, but I think they would have tried. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole kind of like Aaron's like being like, I got to pay Voight back for everything he did. But like then, yeah, man. But I just think it would be such an interesting story. Like what if this had happened last season and like Sophia Bush was still on the show? God, this would have been such a better way to execute her exit. Oh. Oh. Ooh, that hurts. Well, it, yes, would have been it would have been a much better way. Because You know what I'm saying, though? Because the way she left last season was, indeed, the way Jesse had said it, anticlimactic. Yeah. To have this happen and then have her leave and then keep it ambiguous, that would have been amazing. Oh, my God. Like, where is she? Is she on the run? Is she in hiding? What's going on? Oh, yeah. We did not need to see her in, like, know that she went back to the FBI. Like, oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and then think about in terms of how the Linstead stuff could have wrapped up. Like, that would have been a much better way. Because you know Jay would have been like, I'm not a fan that you did this, but, like, you did it and you can't take it back. But, like... And I have to let you go. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. This would have been an amazing end to season four. A very hurtful end to season season four. But yes, an amazing end. I mean, the destruction of Linstead is painful either way you craft it. But yes. Yes. But I think this would have gotten more like, this would have had more depth to it. And more like, that be the Linstead that we obviously all loved. But, I mean, we, we, we would have known that Aaron had taken the fall for Voight. But I would have – I don't know if I would have been okay with that. But I think if she – if we kept it ambiguous and, like, Aaron knew that it was time to, like, get out of town and, you know, kind of be on the run, it would have almost been kind of honorable. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't – it mm. – but, ooh. So if you guys have any thoughts on this theory that we just created, let us know. Just now. We just created Yeah, that. we've never talked about this before. No, that just happened. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, what, I mean, did, are we missing anything else that happened with this B story? Because, I mean, it was just crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it um, all comes to, like, what happens next week. Yeah. Especially yeah. because I we're going to go on another hiatus. Oh, my God. They're going to leave us with such a cliffhanger. Yep. Or we think we're going on another hiatus. We're pretty sure. But we're not 100% sure. Yeah. We're pretty sure. But we are not 100% sure. I will say this, though. I do like the way that they've kind of circled back to this. Like, you know, of course, when they buried this body, Al and Aaron were like, nobody will find it here. This is foolproof. And then they decided to make a shopping development, like, right there. So, I, I mean, I do like the way that they've kind of circled back to this and they're gonna, they are going to resolve it, hopefully. Because, like, you know, this whole time we've been sitting around thinking, like, Voight literally got away with murder. Holy shit. Yeah. So, I like the way they've circled back to it. Granted, I'm willing to say that it's probably not the first time he's gotten away with murder. Mm. But. No. I don't know. Definitely no, not the first. Pro- I, I, they've made not. allusions to, like, well, I think at one point, um. Alinsky makes a reference to, like, him having killed, like, seven bodies and then whichever body he killed at that point, he's like, oh, yeah, this makes eight. 
So if Al's killed, like, eight people, then, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. Voight's done more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do like the way that they're coming back to this and not leaving us hanging. But it's going to be interesting to see how they resolve it. I just really – just – I hope that they execute whichever way they're planning to go for the finale. I just hope they execute it better than last season. Agree. A hundred percent agree. Especially if this is their way of trying to write Elias off the show. Yeah. Like don't kill anybody, but knock our socks off, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't want Al to just be dead. No. Cause that, Oh, if that happens, there's going to need to be a lot of what, drunk yelling about that. Oh, my God. All of the drunk yelling. Oh, my God. But that's totally plausible. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Oh, my God. It, no. On this show, yes. It is totally plausible that Al dies. Oh, my God. I know. That would break my heart. Yep. Because, I mean, he's such a complex character. It's just we never see him. Yeah, we haven't seen him in, like... Two seasons, literally. Man. Dun, dun, dun. I, I don't know, yo. I don't know. So, I mean, what what were your overall thoughts on the episode? Good, solid episode. Didn't care about the case. B storyline blew my mind. Excited for next week. I think that sums it up pretty well. Yep. Next week, as we said, is the or next week being like this coming Wednesday is the Upton episode called Ghosts. And then I think probably the week after that'll be our cliffhanger, right? No, I thought this was the cliffhanger. Shit. I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, we though. don't have a description for five nineteen, do we? I don't think so. Man. Yep. But that's about it for this episode of PD. Um you know, as always, send us your thoughts, email, DM, tweet, however. We are currently working on our schedule for this coming week and like next week and things like that. Don't forget, we've got the two hour movie happening this week. Um, we're also going to start to incorporate listeners into our episode. So we've got pretty much what a week full of Jessica's coming up. Um, yeah, except for Med, but yeah. Except for Med, yeah. So we've got. We've got a Jessica joining us for Jessica S basically is joining us for PD this week. And then Jessica, I don't even know the first initial. Is it T? I think Jessica. Yeah, T it's is Jessica join T. Us fire. Yeah. So we're starting to incorporate our listeners. And so that's going to take some working out of the schedule on our part. So always keep your eyes peeled to social media. We'll always up you, update you there in terms of when new episodes will drop. Guys, if you love the podcast, which I really would like to think that you do if you've lasted this long and are listening to this right now (laughs) um please drop us a review on itunes please 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 we would really appreciate that if you don't like the show that sucks but send us an email with you know constructive criticism how can we how can we improve how can we make this better because we're always looking for different ways to bring you guys the content that we all love so um brenna any other thoughts any other things that we can think of no i think that's it so as always we're all over social media facebook twitter instagram tumblr even youtube now we gotta find more ways to like post videos and stuff yeah um 
Yeah, but we're meet us at Molly's right across the board. So it's that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brian, I am at Brian K thirteen. Ashley is at Ashnick095, and that's Nick NIC. There is no K. We miss her terribly. Yeah, go send Ashley, her some tweets and tell her that she needs to get her butt back on the podcast. Oh, my God, really. Tweet her and be like, listen, Gina and Bryna miss you terribly, okay? Yeah, tell her. Maybe that'll Come put the peer them. pressure on her to make sure she can fit it in her schedule. Because we miss yeah, her. all the time. Very much. All the time. All the time. We've had to go find episode descriptions all by ourselves. <laughs> it's like hard yeah i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but we do miss her terribly so um that's about all we've got for today's episode and we will see you guys later in the week everybody have a good week and bye